Hello and welcome to Nickcast. I'm your host, Marie Urshard, and this is a very, very special edition because it's our first anniversary. One year ago today, I put the first edition online, and so we are recording in an actual radio studio. So I'm trying to keep my eyes on the, all of the levels and all of the equipment here. And I'm joined by Brenda Dane, the host of Cast On. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Welcome. Marie. Thank you. And it's lovely to have you here with lovely me in the studio. Lovely to be here. I'm very excited. Thank you for, for asking me. Yes, we've had some uh, exciting issues <laughs> with the <laughs> equipment. <laughs> Challenges. Yes. But we, we always we always have challenges in knitting and in podcasting, and that's really what we're going to be talking about on the show today. I'm also joined by the lovely Daniela Johanssonova from Secret Knitting. Welcome, Daniela. Hello, Marie. Thank you very much for coming on today. Um, I'd like to start off by talking to you, if that's all right. And yes, why did you decide to do Secret Knitting in the first place? What was your motivation behind it? Motivation, well, that's a, that's a very good question because uh, actually I had no motivation. I got uh, a few months ago uh, a power book because my husband was thinking about trying to change to Apple system. Yes. And then he just showed me iTunes and uh, there I saw Knitcast. And I thought, what a great idea. And then my husband said, well, anybody can, can do radio and to publish it and I thought oh that's something interesting and yeah actually that that's how it started I was then the second day alone at home and uh, was thinking that that would be some nice challenge to to start a radio program and maybe to do some knitting stuff because that's something that I really like and uh, that's actually how it got to secret knitting but it's such an interesting idea to actually have an (laughs) a knitting pattern to have people start off by casting on so many stitches and they knit along with you and don't often you know they don't know what they're knitting yes that's right well i i, I was thinking about uh, how to make it a little bit uh, more interesting you know not just reading uh, reading patterns which actually it is about reading patterns yes uh but uh, yeah how to make it a little bit more challenging and that's why i always publish the pictures uh, a week after i uh, uh, published a podcast, which means the people have enough time to knit the pattern. I'm always making just some uh, short uh, uh, patterns or pieces of patterns, and uh, after the week they see the final picture and compare what they knitted and uh, how my work looks. And what kind of feedback have you had from listeners? Well, I'm getting uh, emails from uh, all over the world, actually, and uh, so far I just had positive feedback, so I must admit I was pretty lucky. I don't know how many people don't like the idea, but those did not uh, write to me yet. Yes, that's something else that we'll be talking about. Our, <laughs> our I think experience. it's always nice when they don't write. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, if I they would have like some... to know what, what they don't like. I mean, some suggestions are also good. <laughs> I suppose so. Um, I guess for myself, I just I kind of have a vision of what I wanted my show to, to be like. And um, it's not that I don't welcome feedback and that I, that I, I have a problem with negative feedback. It's, I think it's just that um, I, I want to be supportive of the whole community of podcasting that's starting up. And I don't think that there's any reason to tear down one in order to build up another. So for, I guess from that perspective, um, negative feedback or saying things that are negative about a particular podcast I don't think is helpful, especially now when we're all just kind of getting started. Mm. So that's why I'm grateful that, you know, if anybody has any negative feedback, they're kind of keeping it to themselves. Mm. I haven't heard too much of it. Yeah, and 
And we are providing a free service. Exactly. And so if people don't like what's in a program, they don't really have to listen to us. They don't have to subscribe. That's exactly right. <laughs> because I, I've had, well, I, I too, I have uh, mixed reactions to uh, feedback. I love getting the positive feedback. And I wish... I wish I could reply back to everyone, but, you know, sometimes, you know, the rest of your life comes in because I work full time and I'm trying to get the podcast done. But yes, and then you'll sometimes just get that one, that one sort of negative email or comment and you think, oh. Oh, it'll ruin like days for me. I'll just obsess yeah. over the one negative thing for days. <laughs> it's mm. so silly, I know, but... I do. I think it's just human nature to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is. It is. It's a, a human response because I, you know, because we are all human. We are, you know, there are human beings behind the voices and behind the blogs and everything. Yeah, I think people tend to forget that sometimes because yeah. the web can be kind of impersonal. Yeah. So constructive criticism is good, but sometimes what you get isn't always constructive. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, but yes, I think I think it is important that we all support each other because it's it's a brave move to, you know, to uh, get in front of the microphone and to start speaking. Yeah, And to so. open yourself up. Daniela, I noticed from your website that you designed lots of things. Was, was your podcast part of a, um, like a marketing strategy to bring more people to your website or to make people aware of the designs that you offer there for sale? No, not really. Well, actually, with the, with the shop, I started uh, after the podcast uh, and... Uh, so actually, that's not that's not the reason because uh, uh, the shop is now connected uh, with a real shop, which will be will be opening soon. And uh, with podcast, I have uh, most of the listeners uh, from other countries rather than Germany. So, yeah. and I don't think so many people uh, buy over internet uh, knitted stuff. So, are you are you saying you're opening up a real uh, shop for your designs? Yes. Very exciting. <laughs> That's very cool. I love your work. Your patterns are great. I love oh, thank them. Thank you. And how do you find the the knitting scene in Cologne in Germany? The knitting scene? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question because uh, I would say the knitting uh, has become more and more popular, especially because of the Internet. There are, uh, in uh, Cologne directly, there are few real shops uh, selling yarns. Uh, people also buy lots of uh, yarns over internet. There, there are many shops and uh, producers uh, of yarns. Uh, and here in Cologne, uh, we have a knitting group, which uh, also meets once a month. There are mainly sock knitters, but uh, whoever, whoever is knitting something else is also welcome. Yes, uh, Germany is very big on sock yarn. <laughs> <laughs> with, lots of, with lots of the major producers of sock yarn being based there, like yes. Opal. Yes, no, when I was last in uh, Berlin, I stocked up on a lot of sock yarn. Hey, well, go Germany. <laughs> I love sock yarn. I'm all, you know me. I'm always looking for the good sock yarn. The oh, interesting do you have stuff. the Abo for the sock yarn? Yes, I have, I have knit with Opal. I have. And okay. I like it. It is good sock yarn. Okay. Yes, it washes very well, which is always important if we don't want shrinkage incidents and felting. <laughs> And, and we know all about felting, oh, don't we? <laughs> yes, all about the felting. So, what have you, what have you got lined up for uh, your uh, future podcasts, Daniela? Well, I have now finished uh, socks, which uh, which were last few podcasts. That was some longer series. What I'm planning now will be a knitted uh, flower, 
because I've been asked by by one listener in Canada if I could publish a pattern for one flower which I have uh, on my uh, on my web page, but that one was uh, actually crocheted. So I'm I'm creating now a few different uh, knitted uh, flowers for that, and uh, then I have realized that there are also lots of men on the internet who are knitting, which I was. Yes. Personally surprised. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I get a lot of a lot of response from men as well and it always I don't know why it surprises me, but I guess more and more men are taking it up and I'm just thrilled about that. I think that's yeah, great. I love oh, that. Yeah. And so that's why I have decided to make also some ties. So not not just women can uh, can wear them maybe as a belt or also as a tie, but that's also something for men. That's a great idea. So that's yeah. that's actually my next two projects I have in my head. So you say you've got a, you use a Mac, you've got a PowerBook. What yes. software do you, and equipment do you use for secret knitting? Uh, equipment, I actually have none. I just have the, I just have the PowerBook, and uh, what I'm using is the AudioCity. That's the software which, uh, which I have on there. But oh, I don't have yes. any, any extra microphone or anything. I'm just sitting at my, uh, mm-hmm. at my table in the living room and talking to my computer. Yes, using the, uh, the Macs uh, have an internal microphone. Because I, yes. I, I have an iBook, but I haven't used that for podcasting. I, I've done experiments with it, <laughs> but I'm still with the PC. Yes, I said, well, I just, I just started from scratch and I created the podcast within a few hours. It was uh, rather a challenge just to show my husband that I'm also able to do something. And, <laughs> and that's, that's why I was not uh, even thinking at the beginning about uh, investing into equipment. But uh, so far, I would say it worked out very well for me. So I think I will stay with that method. Yes, well, I've had an email from Alice Few. Mm-hmm. And Alice is a knitter and a podcaster. She presents an astronomy podcast called Astronomy A Go-Go. And she says she's podcasting with very old gear. And she'd like to know what tools and software people are using and uh, how we do our interviews. And the, uh, the other thing that she says, though, is that she's been listening to Knitcast, Cast On and Secret Knitting basically since their inceptions. And she enjoys the time that she spends with all of us. So she's, uh, she'll be uh, enjoying this segment very much, I hope. That's nice to hear. But it's interesting you say that you found it fairly easy to record your podcast, which is some people are a bit, can be a bit uh, sort of afraid of the technology. But no, it, actually not at all. As, as I said, I'm using the software Audio City, but what I can also do, I can cut pieces out which I did not like or where I said something stupid. I can yes. just cut it out, make a new new tone and then pack them all together so I'm I'm pretty happy with that yes editing is always useful well thank you very much Daniela thank you for joining us on the program lovely talking to you Daniela take care you're listening to the special anniversary edition of Nick Cast Brenda Dane is here and we've been just joined by the lovely Caroline Morse from the Fibercast hello hi Caroline how are the alpacas the alpacas today are damp it is raining here, which is absolutely unheard of in the middle of January in New England. Uh, they don't seem to mind very much. Yes, I do love hearing all about the alpacas. It's almost as if we're um, sort of on the farm, seeing them and thinking, I wish I could have an alpaca. I yes, know, Brenda. I am uh, living vicariously through you, Caroline. It's, it's odd because I don't even really think of it as a farm. It's not yeah. a farm in a traditional yeah. sense because it's such a small piece of property, and they are more or less my pets. Yeah. Well, to me, in the city, it's the closest I get to a farm. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
well, three acres, yeah, I suppose, you know, in some places that would be, that would be a farm. So, Caroline, I've, well, something that I'm, I'm doing on the program today is just sort of finding out about uh, what, what it is that sort of uh, got us all into podcasting in the first place. So what attracted you to, uh, to do the Fibercast? I got my first iPod um, last year, like in March or so, and, um, and, and mostly had audio books on it, uh, a very big devotee of audio books. And uh, after I got it, I started uh, looking around online for other content to add, and then I found podcasts, and I was absolutely thrilled because this was not only audio content for my iPod, but it was free audio content. I had subscribed to a few shows. Um, Canine Cast was one of them, and um, Endurance Radio, Audio Interviews. Uh, there were a few others. And then I found uh, the Knitcast, and I believe I found that because of Claudia's blog. And, oh, uh, right. Is yep. She yes. mentioned meeting you. So I had yes. immediately subscribed to Knitcast oh. and then went back and got all of your previous episodes. And uh, was absolutely fascinated with it. And then Brenda came on the scene, and I said, oh, look at that. You can just, like, start your own. <laughs> and it sounded like a good idea because I'm one of those people who, like, can't shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's like you get me on the phone, and, you know, sometimes it's hard to say goodbye. And, uh, and now I have a microphone. I can do it all for myself. <laughs> See, and, it gives people with the gift of gab something to do with their time besides annoy their friends and neighbors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of equipment do you use, Caroline? Um, this is all due to my wonderful husband, I have to say that. He is extremely supportive of all these crazy ideas I get, whether it's spinning or alpacas. Or, um, I have a Shure PG58 microphone and a uh, Eurorack UB802 mixer, which I really have no clue what to do Ooh, with. Ooh, a mixing desk. Very it's nice. A, it, uh, right now, it's like my microphone is plugged into it, and I'm really not sure what else to do. Does it have uh, faders, the little things that slide up and down? No, but it has lots of dials. Right. Lots of little knobs. Yes, yes. Brenda has one of those as yeah. well. I've seen it, yeah. And uh, eventually I'll figure out what they do. Mm. I have a friend whose son is actually a sound technician by trade, and I'm pretty sure that he could tell me what all of those little knobs do. And I may get him over here sometime to show me. Oh, I think you should. Yes. <laughs> and this all runs on a Gateway 3018 laptop. Right. And... Um, I'm running, right now I'm running Audacity, but I do plan on testing Cast Blaster. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, I really like it. I, it's made the job of podcasting a heck of a lot easier for me. I still do use Audacity. When I'm finished with the podcast, I will frequently edit in Audacity because I find the editing function a lot easier in Audacity. You can really get in and see the sound waves, you know, you can see the pattern on the on the screen that the sound waves are making, and you can really identify every little blip, every pop, every, mm. you know, if I pop a P, I can go in there and just take that little p, that little sound right out, and that's why I like Audacity. So I still do my editing in there, and it's rare that I don't actually edit a show after I've recorded it. I, I think I've only sent one out that um, without editing it, and I, I wasn't happy with it. Yeah, I, I always edit, and I think, I, I think that can be a bit of a surprise to people, because when someone listens to the show, they never know what you've taken out. They don't know what was there before. 
One of my earliest shows I did, uh, someone replied, uh, left a message on the interviewee's blog saying, wow, do you do public speaking? (laughs) There were no errors in there. There was no ums or ahs. (laughs) And I thought, maybe I'm being too perfectionist about this because, you know, my day job, that's what I do all the time. I'm editing audio and, you know, you can get a bit purist. People have differences as to whether, as to how much you take out, whether you have it sort of perfect or whether you try and keep it natural so i i'm trying to keep people a bit more natural now but um definitely if you know if you fluff a line or something you can take that right out like yeah. it never ever happened what i like about audacity the, the way that you can see the sound waves on the screen is that if i mess something up while i'm recording i just stop and i leave about three seconds of silence and that flat line shows up on the screen and shows yes. me exactly where i need to cut yeah so I, I can do the same thing. See, great minds think alike. <laughs> I did used to use Audacity to record the Skype interviews. Because when when I interview um, people from uh, outside the UK, you know, when I haven't been able to go and see them, I I use Skype for that. I've now just switched completely to using Nero Wave Editor. I've been um, using Gizmo Project. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Okay, it's um, it's. From a Gizmo Project user to another Gizmo Project user, the call is free from computer to computer. Um, And you can purchase call-out minutes and call-in minutes. Over here in the United States, from state to state, you can call for like 1.8 cents a minute or something. It's, It's very inexpensive. And with that, you call up the window, you put in the number of the person you want to call, and you hit the little um, telephone icon, and it calls them on a regular phone. And then you have a little button that says record, and you push the record button, and there it goes. Um, doesn't mean you can't mess it up. Um, I managed to hang up on Ted twice, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I also managed to pause at one point when one of my kids wanted me and forgot to start the recording again. Oh, no. Um, oh. I'm getting better at the gizmo, but the thing is that it's inexpensive, and the sound quality is very good. Well, thanks it's, for the tip. Mm. I will definitely check that out. I love gizmo project. Love it. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. With Skype, you can buy credit to phone actual phones. Yeah, mostly I tend to just sort of phone people and have them with microphones, really. I use a PC to do the bulk of the podcasting, and I will use a little uh, sort of sound recorder icon in there to select stereo mix. I do find that the other person is sort of broadcast quality. I'm not sure if I am because of the rather crappy mic I use for the computer, and also you can hear my hard drive whirring away yeah. in the background which isn't so don't good. don't notice it at all. You don't? Nope. No, I've never heard it. Nope. I know the, the last few interviews I've been doing have been the sort of out-in-the-field ones. You can kind of control it a bit because I use a mini-disc and I have a microphone which is from Audio-Technica, and it's an 800-series microphone. It cost about £100. I which... picked up an iRiver on eBay for uh, like $40, and I got a $25 specialty microphone made by Giant Squid for... Um, I love the name. Audio recording. And what was that? I love the name Giant Squid. I just had this image. (laughs) I had to go check it out as soon as I heard about their microphones. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's somebody who is hand assembling the components and selling the microphones, especially for these small specialty recorders. But if you listen to a lot of the interviews from like the podcast expo from last year, um, a lot of them were recorded on iRivers and for such a small, inexpensive, relatively device. Um, it has very good sound quality for interviewing. And the, the iRiver, that's uh, an MP3 player? Yes, it's a very small one. It's just a little bit bigger than a cigarette lighter. 
Wow. Yeah. How much capacity does it have? Oh, the one I bought was, um, you have to understand, we're running on no budget. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that one was, I got like the 128 meg or something like that. It records like eight hours. That's so you mentioned and the podcast expo. How into this podcasting thing are you? Is this, I mean... I have not gone to the podcast expo. That was held in Las Vegas or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're I, following it. You're listening to the programs about podcasting. Are you, you know, Oh, yes, definitely. Digital Media Cast Experiment is an awesome podcast. Yeah. Um, geek News Central. Um, see, I was a, a computer geek before I ever got into this. I used to be a programmer and system administrator, but oh, when we came to stay at home okay. office. <laughs> it's all making yes. sense to me now. You yes. can take the, the girl away from the computers, but, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had computers at home the whole time I've been at home. I administer several Yahoo Groups lists and a ring surf ring and, um, and um, just you know, always playing with the technology. But the audio is just something totally new. It's been so long since I've been on a learning curve for anything. Yeah. You know, it's at least, you know, even with a new programming language, you have a starting background there in that you already know other programming languages and you understand the logic behind that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but the audio is like I have this mixing board with all these dials on it, and I think, oh, my God, what did I do? I spent 50 <laughs> bucks on something. I don't know how to turn the first dial. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can hear the enthusiasm for this, for the podcasting in your voice when you talk, and it's really infectious, and it comes through in your podcast as well. Oh, I love the techie side of things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely a gadget girl. Yeah, sometimes I find the technology can fail you, though, when we yeah. get onto RSS feeds. I Mixed haven't it. had much problem with yeah. that. Oh, uh, bitch. Oh. <laughs> none, none. I've had but lots RSS of problems. Feed, it's like XML code. It's like writing your own HTML. If you know what it's supposed to look like. See, I always thought yeah. if I had a problem, if I did, um, there's feedvalidator.org. Yeah, yeah I you use that. You can run it through that. Um, I started out on um, TypePad, which generated its own RSS feed. And I ran out of bandwidth on TypePad at the middle level mm. um, in like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Were you hosting it on TypePad server? Yes. Ah, I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as one of you mentioned it on the show, my hits went through the roof and there went my bandwidth. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Yes. I love it. I'm sorry I to cause it. you those problems. People, I, have, <laughs> I have it on Libsyn now. Yes. And I, I tried going through GoDaddy.com and writing my own um, blog type front end for it. Yeah. And it wasn't working. So I transferred over to Libsyn because everything's already done. I don't want to do the programming part of it yeah. right now. I have the blog hosted on Libsyn, but I also have it still on TypePad, but the TypePad pulls the feed from Libsyn now, so it's not using the yes. TypePad bandwidth. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I've i got a TypePad blog, which I use for Nickcast, but uh, my problems were with the RSS feed from that. I just had so many issues with it and things, and the podcast not showing up in iTunes and just not being updated. iTunes is a pain in the butt. They really are a pain in the butt. Don't get me started on iTunes, man. Oh, like, absolutely. really stinks. My husband has just discovered iTunes because for my one-year quit smoking anniversary, I got oh, well a, done. Well done. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. I quit October 1st. I haven't gone a year yet, but I'm, you know, I'm really? hanging in there. Yeah. It's October 1st? October 1st was, oh, my, was wow. when I quit, yeah. That is so awesome. Good for you. Thank you. I feel so much better. The thing about, about yeah. quitting smokers is you have to promise never to tell anybody where the bodies are buried. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I managed to get through the entire year, and all of my children are still alive. Oh, that's great. It's amazing. <laughs>
my husband got me a video iPod for my anniversary. Mm. Yes, and it's the 60 gig, too. Oh, <laughs> I have more sweet. room on that iPod than I have on my laptop. <laughs> and um, so he got the old one. So he, of course, discovered iTunes, and I, I pointed him towards uh, several geek shows because he's a network engineer. We're a whole family of geeks over here. You oh, wouldn't yeah. believe it if you saw it. <laughs> and um, so he's... Um, He's just discovering this stuff now, and he was looking for some particular shows, like on programming and languages and things like that. Oh, there's tons. I pointed pointed him to Podcast Pickle and Mm. Podcast Alley because the search engine on iTunes really sucks. It's really bad, isn't it? Yeah. You can't find anything. I've never found anything by searching iTunes. I haven't found anything on iTunes that I didn't already know was there. But I found through looking at my feed burner statistics that the majority of my listeners subscribe to the show via iTunes. I know, mine too. Absolutely. It's about 70%, 75%. It's even higher than that with me. It's probably about 90% Mm -hmm. of my listeners. Yeah, I've got like little slivers from Doppler dot something. I've never heard of Doppler, but it's on my my listing. And uh, uh, several others, but the majority of them are from iTunes. But... I have links on the side of the blog to the other directories that I use, which is the Podcast Alley and Podcast Pickle. And I'll tell anybody, go look up the shows there, too. Mm. And, uh, you know, you can find the shows on those search engines and then, you know, click through to the iTunes. Yeah. That's the best way to find it in iTunes. I think so. Yeah, because there, there is so much, so much variety. There's a friend of mine who also works in radio, and her father, he likes to talk. I, he's a minister, so I was showing her just how many religious podcasts I were. She said, oh, yeah. oh, so he's going to get going on that. Because there's you know. going to be a Godcaster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Well, good on him. <laughs> but that's Yeah, I think the great big thing, thing is yeah. that it's, it's free audio mm. content. I mean, these people get iTunes, iPods, and then it's like, you know, 99 cents a song or $1.99 a show. And it just, I mean, that can blow your budget real oh, quick. Oh, yes. The audiobooks on iTunes are very expensive. Yeah. But there's, um, uh, Brenda, thank you for that link to LibriVox. Oh, good, isn't it? Oh, if I, can, if I can get my audio quality where I want to, I will definitely be recording books because the first thing I looked for was Edgar Rice Burroughs, and there aren't any. <laughs> I think they're actually doing, um, I think, did you check the, uh, the forums? I think they actually are doing, there's somebody that's signed up to do at least one. But he's got tons. Oh, he does, and I'm a big Tarzan fan from way back. You know, my whole family, we started with Tarzan when I must have been about 12 years old, and, like, my dad would read it, pass it to my mother, who'd pass it to me, and it would just go through the ranks, me and my four sisters, and then we'd get the next one, and we'd do the same thing, and we went through all of the Tarzan books that way and all of the um, the Mars Chronicles, you know, the Barsoom books. We read that way. Oh, I'm going to have to check those out. I don't know about those. Oh, man, it's a whole other series. Just like Tarzan, cliffhanger at the end of every one of them. It's fantastic. Fabulous. Really good. I've never read any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big reader in, in, yes. in uh, elementary school and in mm. high school. And I think in my case, it was, um, it was avoidance behavior because I didn't want to associate with, like, my family. Yeah. I mm. still don't want to associate with my family. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. So what are you doing? What's, like, what, what's the plan for your future? Where are you going to take your podcast? Where are you going to go from here? Um. I'm not sure about, the podcast is going to continue pretty much. I have a list of topics I'd like to cover. Um, everything from choosing a wheel to the differences between wheels, you know, the single drive and double drive and double treadle and all of that. That sounds really good. I'm in the market for a new wheel, and I, 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 so do that one soon, okay? <laughs> okay, I'll work on that. Maybe after we get done with Ted. I was working on trying to get an interview with um, 
um, Carol Weimar, the silk worker, but I'm not sure she's real up on that, so that oh. may not happen. Um, but um, I plan to cover the uh, fiber festivals. I know that the New Hampshire Sheep and Wool Festival is on Mother's Day weekend, so I plan to have a whole bunch of live interviews from there. Oh, that oh, sounds excellent. great. That would be really Paul, interesting. Uh, David Paul is a wheel maker over in uh, Vermont. He makes uh, reproduction Canadian production wheels, and he's absolutely fascinating. Um, Do you know, can I make a suggestion? Absolutely. Fiber prep. Oh, yes, I have that. Now, what in particular are you talking about, washing fiber? I'm talking about everything from, like, what happens when you get the raw fleece, um, where you take it from there, how you scour it, uh, different methods like maybe um, wheel or drum carding, hand carding, uh, combing, you know, what happens. that's excellent. That is one of my topics. I had that fiber prep start to finish down there already. Yeah. Um, But some of the differences, I can tell you right off the bat, somebody just wrote me yesterday and said she had some raw alpaca. What do I do with it? And I said, well... It doesn't have lanolin, so you don't have to get any grease out. The water does not need to be as hot. And Yeah, uh, see, that's really valuable information. That would be, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to have that. Yeah. I love your show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not pleased with the sound quality, especially for the last one. But, um, you know, I try to, to do just one topic per show plus whatever I'm working on. Yeah. Which I got from your show, that sweater of the, of the week. I love that. Today's sweater, yeah. <laughs> Today's sweater is great. Even Everybody was, likes that, that bit. I can't figure it out myself. Well, we won't see the sweaters, though. The, yeah, a lot, you need to yeah, put them up in need the to see them. Okay. I've been Except really for maybe the blue one that you hated. <laughs> <laughs> I've been really resistant to the whole putting the sweaters up thing, but, I, you know. Oh, but it's part of the, it's part of the interactive experience. You know, like the, um, I remember when I did the interview with Kirsty. Yeah. Kirsty, who's the who had curated the Knit One Build One exhibition in Bristol. You know, it was basically she took me around the exhibition, and then we had a gallery of all of the pieces. And that's such a popular podcast. Yeah, people love being able to because it's interactive. People love being able to, you know, they listen and they can see it. It's almost as if they're there. Oh, even it's it like a exist. knife going through my heart, Marie. All right, yeah. I'll do it. Okay, I'll do Marie, it. Yay. <laughs> You can take and run that one through the AAC and do it as an upgraded podcast so it'll show up on the videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, it's not a video one. It's basically you have to you listen well, no, to it the, and you um, go. The enhanced podcast, yeah. the screen will actually change to give you a link to another website or a picture or something oh, like excellent. that. Oh, excellent. So people yeah. can then see the pictures on their video iPod. Yes. Oh, yes, excellent. It doesn't have to be actual video. That's another thing I want to work on, though, mm. is I'm working on a video blog. Yeah. Um, I finally figured out I've had a video camera since 2002, and I finally figured out how to get the pictures from the video camera to another media. <laughs> <laughs> so now I can record them onto my DVD recorder from the video camera, and the DVD recorder gives me files that are called VOD files. Yeah. Yes. And I'm working on finding a, a program that's not going to cost a fortune, that um, will take the VOD files and convert them into um, MP4 format so that I can put them up on a video blog. Mm. And so far I've done, like, um, hand carding, and I've done some two-handed color knitting with the sweater that I'm working on now, the fish and anchors. Oh, that's very useful because I want to knit with different uh, colors, but I still haven't quite got the, don't understand the technique. So to be able to see that visually, that's so important. Well, the biggest thing yeah. I did was take a class on uh, continental knitting so that I could knit English and continental. Yeah. And for somebody who knits continental, of course, it would be to take a, a class in American style or English style, whatever they call it. Um, 
so that you can have one yarn in each hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest way. Although I do do stretches where I'm dropping one yarn and picking up the next, and it's a little slower, but who cares? If you cared about speed, you wouldn't be hand knitting, right? No, now. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's the end result. Yeah. That's important. But that's that's another thing that I'm working on, which would not be, it might be affiliated with the podcast, but it's not going to be a video podcast because I think that's just too much of a commitment mm. for me. It would just be a video blog yeah. with occasional entries. Well, Caroline, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Nice speaking with you, Caroline. Yeah, it's, it's been lovely talking to you. We're now joined by Rhonda Bell from the Knitting Newscast. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, I'm very well. I'm just uh, watching all of the studio levels and things and hoping that, we don't <laughs> hoping that we don't run over time here with our booking. I'm actually looking at doing some recording in a studio for some interviews that I'm going to do because the setup I have for the Knitting Newscast is just a headset that has a mic on it so it won't work interview right so what 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 do you use what equipment do you use well i have a laptop that has windows xp on it the recording software i'm using is audacity Mm -hmm. and i have just a regular mic attached to a headphone in fact the first news knitting newscast that i did i had just bought the mic and headset. I went out to the parking lot, hooked up the mic to my laptop, and I recorded it in the parking lot. I was just so excited to get started. And uh, I'm wondering if yeah. people were kind of looking at me, what's that woman what, doing why did you car? choose? Why did you choose to do it in your car? Because I was just so excited to get started. <laughs> like, I couldn't wait right? to get home. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, pretty much just in that first episode said, you know, this is why I'm doing the knitting newscasts and what I plan to do and that type of thing. So it, it wasn't my regular format. It was more of an introduction of what I hope to do with the knitting newscast. Yeah, and, and uh, are you still recording in your car? <laughs> no, I actually um, wait until I get home now. And I usually <laughs> record in the morning when no one's awake at my house so that I don't disturb anyone. And um, and I do it in my studio at the other end of the house from the bedrooms so that um, I have alone time and I can actually just work on the podcast. Yeah, is that a, a knitting studio or a fiber studio? No, actually, I, I do a lot of paper craft in addition to fiber craft. And so the studio I have, it has just, oh my gosh, a ton of paper, rubber stamps, um, ink, pads, just all kinds of collage paper, that type of thing. So, And then I also have my yarn stash, although uh, what I see on the Internet of what people have for yarn, um, I'm worried that I'll be getting as much yarn as I have as paper um, that I've acquired. It's very easy to do. I yeah. have a... Uh... I still call it the craft room. I wanted to call it the studio, but I got into calling it the craft room. And there is so much yarn in there that you can't actually move. And there are beads and there are fabric because I I love to make jewellery and I sew things as well. But the sewing and the beading have taken a sidestep to knitting. That happened, oh, how long is it now? Over four years now since I began knitting. No, I think I'm in my fifth year, actually. It was 2001. Same thing happened to me as well. But I kind of go through stages of different and kind of recycle back into them Mm. Um, because I used to actually own 
a bead company where I sold beads at bead shows, and so I have a ton of beads. I used to sell beads and go to bead shows across the United States, and so um, I sold that company a few years ago, but I still have a ton of beads, so they're also in my studio. Wow, I'm very jealous because I think, oh, a bead company. <gasps> but I would want to keep all the beads for myself. Well, that was the problem. <laughs> I, would, I would buy lots of probably more beads than I actually sold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's difficult to make a profit then, really, isn't it? <laughs> right. It's a good thing that's not how I was supporting myself. Yes, yes. I, I think it's very easy for that to happen with yarn. Brenda, have you found that to be the case? Um, I did it first, and I was very indiscriminate when I was first building my stash. I, you know, as long as it was fuzzy and you could knit with it, I pretty much would add it to my stash. But I've become more discriminating lately, and I think I've realized that, you know, we, we come into this life and we have to live all the appointed days that we're given, but we don't know how many they are. And that's true for everyone. And so life feels short and precious, and it's too short to waste on bad yarn. So that, that's just become mm, my, I mean, I'm really, really picky about what's in my stash now and about what I knit. I make a really conscious effort um, to, I mean, my choices are very deliberate about what I choose to knit, the tools that I use, the, you know, the um, materials that I choose. I just have decided that I'm worth it. And if I'm only, if I only have enough time in my life to knit mm. so many things, then by God, they're going to be the best, you know? Uh, the problem is, though, that I've, all my stash is Colinette and Noro, <laughs> Silk Garden and oh. I so don't know how you could choose what to knit on next, you it's know. It's very difficult. An embarrassment of riches you have. It's very well, difficult. My, my <laughs> philosophy with my knitting, because I know how addicted that I can get or obsessive I can get about, mm. you know, the different things is that I tell myself I'm only allowed to buy the yarn for the current project. But the problem is, is that I've started a couple different projects at a time and then I see more yarn and I'm like well what project can I do with that and <laughs> how many current <laughs> projects do you have now um, I'm working just on two I have two different sweaters, and the one sweater just needs sleeves and but I've started on the other sweater so I don't know if the first sweater is ever going to get sleeves it could be uh, sleeveless <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of cute but it's rolling so I would need to at least put something around the... A ribbing or something yeah. around the sleeves. Yeah. yeah. And in Texas, that would probably be okay, because probably by the time I get done with both these sweaters, it'll be warm again, and I'll have to wait till the winter to wear them again. Do you know, when you said you were so excited about podcasting that you, like, ran out and <laughs> recorded your yeah. first one in the car, what excites you? What is it about podcasting that made you so excited that you couldn't wait to get home to start? Well... You know, I'm a technology geek. I've been in the uh, computer industry for, oh, about 15 or 16 years. And so anything that technology really interests me. I also, I write a couple of columns um, for the All Info About Network. One's on um, Art Swap, which is a paper craft kind of thing. And the other one's on Mystery Shopping. And... I've been wanting to do some kind of audio um, podcast, but I didn't want to do it on um, the art swaps because I've been doing that kind of column for a while. And I, was, I just got an iPod video and had started listening to podcasts, but even before that I thought I wanted to do a podcast. But as soon as I started listening to them, and then I heard both of y'all's 
podcast, and I thought, oh, I can do a knitting podcast, and that would be so great because I really believe in that the way that you learn is by teaching. Yeah. And so I thought, well, if I have to do a podcast and I have to figure out what I'm going to say and do the research, then I'm just going to learn so much. And then also the thing I didn't expect is that the people who are listening are sending me emails and saying, oh, can you talk about this, or here's a link to that. And so I'm, you know, I'm getting a lot back from my listeners as well. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always one of the things that keeps you going sometimes. You know, right, although this back. week I read a review mm. on someone's website that they said, oh, I was the worst podcast. I read that too. I was yeah. so angry on your behalf. I just oh, wanted to. Yeah. I just wanted to smack them because the thing is, this is such a new medium, yeah. and I just really we've spoken about this already we with have. Daniela about how we just need to support each other because we're all doing this and giving yeah. of our free time, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what I found interesting is two of the podcasts that I listen to, and one is thanks to you, Brenda, is Adam Curry's Daily Source Code, and he, you know, he's talking to his daughter, and he'll be playing with the the sound and going, oh, I can't get this to work, and cussing. And then I listened to Todd Cochran, who wrote the podcasting book, Yeah. and he has Geek News Central, and he's talking to his kids and stuff. And so I thought, well, you know, I didn't think we had to be so professional-sounding, and, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah. I think some people expect it to be just like radio or television. But it's, really, it's not, yeah. No, and we're really kind of a bunch of amateurs doing something that we... We really love and hoping that other people enjoy it as much as we yeah. enjoy doing it. I mean, that that's the thing that I love about podcasting. I mean, okay, I've got a radio background, so sometimes I can go out and do things in the field with professional radio equipment, which I also use for radio interviews. But the, the whole thing about podcasting is that anyone can do it, and that is something that we've really got to celebrate and I think right. the, the looseness mm. of those shows that you mentioned, the sort of little glimpse that you get into somebody else's life when their wife wanders through the kitchen while they've got <laughs> the mic live, you know, right, that that's right. part of the charm of podcasting. That's what makes it really, it sort of brings it from their kitchen right into yours. And that's right. where you create the connection. That's where you get the real bond with your listeners. See, that's the kind of thing I'd edit out. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're a perfectionist. It's, it's, I, I was talking to uh, Annie Modisett the other day, and uh, we'd been talking We'd been talking on Skype. It'd been about an hour or so before I actually started recording, because we were get, getting along really well. And, of course, Andy, my other half, comes in, and he's banging on the door, <laughs> banging on the door, you know, from where I was recording, because I'd locked it to make sure none of the cats wandered in. Because uh, one of my cats meowed to Clara from uh, Knitter's Review, which she loved. But, yeah. you know, got cut back. <laughs> but, you know, even, I mean, there's this, I don't know if American audiences will know about this, this wonderful broadcaster um, that we lost this year, the BBC. His name was John Peel. And I listened to his mm. show, Home Truth. I, I've only been in the country five years, so this man has a history with the country. Um, you know, it was he's a part great of, loss. Yeah, he was, a, he was a, just a, you know, it'd be the yeah. equivalent of losing, I can't even think. Sort of a combination between uh, Walter Cronkite and Dr. Demento. I mean, it's, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a real, he, 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 and he had a studio set up in his home. Mm -hmm. He was a champion of all sorts of, like, alternative music, and he played music of bands that were up and coming, and he helped a lot of bands kind of make a name for themselves. But he had a studio set up in his home, and that was one of the charming things about his show, is that while he was actually 
in the middle of a live BBC broadcast, <laughs> his daughter would come knock on the door and say, you know, she, she needed a drink of water because she couldn't, she couldn't go to sleep without one. And that was one of the charming things about it, you know? Right. And that's what I like about the podcast that I listen to is that there is kind of that connection you don't feel with people that you hear on the radio or watch on this is what I'm doing and I am and you know it's more of a conversation yeah um I was just thinking one of the things which I was saying about um, my programs because it's it tends to be more of uh, interviews you don't really tend to get hear much about me and there was oh, there was a comment I read somewhere where someone had uh, listened to an interview and said that you know they'd enjoyed hearing the interviewee, but they'd thought that um, oh, but the presenter didn't have much of a personality, and that's because well, I I don't see the podcast really as being about me so much. You know, it's, I don't see it as being a a personality based show, but rather it's about the interviewees, and I want you know I want the listeners to know what they're like, what they sound like, because it's. There's so much you can get from hearing someone and hearing someone's voice. And, you know, we read, you know, we'll see their knitting patterns or we'll read an interview with them. But to hear them speak. Yeah. Oh, right. It's just incredible. So, you know, I, I tend to just sort of limit some, well, it depends, really. I, I usually tend to limit my participation to just sort of asking the questions because it's not, you know, so that I do treat them more as their interviews rather than conversations. Yeah. The different formats of the podcast that are knitting podcasts is what I really enjoy. The interviews that you do and then kind of the conversational style that, that Brenda does. And I love the part about, you know, the sweaters that you've worked on, especially as a new knitter and kind of aspiring to one day knit those types of items. And then listening to Caroline talking about more spending related things they're all a little different and I learn different things from different people and different experiences and that's kind of what the podcasting medium I think is bringing this diversity that we don't see in regular broadcasting yes because they have mm. advertisers that they have to kind of appease and there's a limited amount of time per day that a station can produce material, whereas podcasts are being recorded all the time, people can download them all the time, and listen to them whenever they want. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like to think of all of these creative podcasts as being a kind of, you know, it's being like our own radio station, and as you say, you know, people, it, it is sort of, you know, prescribed broadcasting, people can basically decide what they want to listen to and when. But it was interesting what you said about um, advertisers having an effect in uh, traditional broadcasting. Because uh, I think we'd all like to have some sort of sponsor in the end to get maybe get yeah. a, a bit of a payment in. But I think it's certainly from my perspective, I would never accept anyone who would want to have um, any kind of editorial control. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's my podcast. I decide what goes in. And you don't have anything that denigrate from the the listening experience. Yeah, I kind of think of it as an audio art form, just like any other art form. Like, I don't let people tell me what to knit, mm. and no one's going to tell me what to have in my podcast. It's my art form, and so I'm putting it out there, and you you can like it or not like it. You can download and listen or choose not to. It's entirely up to you, but I don't, I don't think... Um, I wouldn't give up that kind of control for any kind of advertising dollar. It's too important to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, although I also would certainly like to earn something to at least pay for the domain and maybe yes. some, a better mic since I've kind of gotten some complaints about um, the sound quality of my podcast. Hey, maybe. keep checking eBay. You can pick up a good mic off eBay. Just keep checking. Yes, that's that, you know, I'm kind of doing some research now about mm. which ones I want, as well as looking at portable digital recorders so that I can actually go out. And, you know, one of the things I'd love to do is, here, I'm at my local yarn store, and, oh, here's this yarn. Yeah. And here, you yeah. know, kind of do something hey, like that. Hey, you know, Rhonda, mini disc recorders mm. are a fraction of the price of a digital recorder. Because it was a format that never really took off, you can pick them up cheap. It's funny, though, because it did take off in the radio industry, and that's what we all use. I mean, yeah. we do have some hard disk recorders, but the bulk of us, you know, where I work, use mini disk. And, yeah, you can you can get them so cheaply on eBay. I got one that was, the guy had hardly used it. Yeah. It was in perfect condition. It was such a, it was a steal. Mine, too, and was like 45 yeah. pounds on eBay. Yeah, mine, mine same price. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, so you can get that, and that does, I mean, there there are some issues sometimes, you know, People find that they've recorded it and uh, and it hasn't actually recorded on the mini disc, but that doesn't happen very often. And you know, you can have those problems with whatever you're recording with. There could be a gap, but but you basically take mm. that mini disc and you plug it in and you just hit play. Well, you plug it into the computer, turn on Audacity, and hit record. Yeah. Oh and it, right! And it basically just picks up the entire track that you've just recorded and makes you a nice Audacity file, and then you can go in and edit it, and you're done. Yeah, that's it. And the quality—the quality really helps. I mean, this is what I use with all of my out in the field interviews. Like when I was at the knitting and stitching show, when I visited Kate Gilbert in Paris, I, I took my mini disc with me, and it really does sort of add to that. And and actually, my. My links, I always record my links on the mini disc. I go into the craft room. <laughs> lots of, uh, I think there's lots of soundproofing because of all of the uh, the fiber <laughs> and of the fabric around. <laughs> yeah, no need for me to hang up any duvets around me or whatever. I've got that. And I, you know, there's an ironing board in there because we also do the ironing in there as well. So I just stand with the mini disc on the ironing board and the microphone in my mouth and I, I read my links. Do you know, <laughs> I think people have this impression that it's all so professionally done and that we're... <laughs> It's cobbled together in the kitchen. You know, I'm sitting at my dining room table. I usually do my podcast right after I get up and have taken a shower, so I'm still in my bathrobe. (laughs) (laughs) No, and so there's nothing professional about that at all, you know. You're basically naked is what you're telling us? (laughs) Well, no. I I have my robe and slippers on. Do you know, on. it's funny. I don't, even though it's a, not a professional thing, I'll share my little secret with you. I always shower and do my hair and put on clothes. And I, it's almost like I prepare for guests. Right. I know it's really weird. It's one of those strange psychological things. It's like I... I you have your ritual. I have my ritual before I record. And it's, you know, cup of tea beside me mm-hmm. on, the ta- on the table. And... And I feel like, you know, I'm inviting people into my home, and I just, it would feel weird to me to do this in my bathroom. In the bathroom? Yeah. Well, you know, I yeah. used to do that when I worked from home. I would dress just like I was going to the office, and I, I wouldn't put makeup on. Yeah. But, you know, I would do all of that before I sat down in front of the computer. So maybe, you know, that's what I need to uh, help me sound a little better is to have a little bit different frame of mind. I think you're doing just fine. The only advice I would give, um, and and this is true for all new podcasters, I think, is that to read off a script as little as possible. 
to just outline your show and practice. And even if, you know, it means turning on the recorder and just practicing, having it on and just talking. Taking a mini disc around and describing the scenes at your local mall. And if you feel weird talking into, you know, like saying stuff into a microphone, hold your cell phone up to your ear and pretend you're having a conversation with somebody. And just get comfortable with the process of just talking you know, freely and without... Can I just add, yeah. if you are pretending to be on the cell phone, make sure it's off, otherwise you'll get that buzz recorded <laughs> as well. Because, we're, you know, we always have to turn our cell phones off Or it'll off ring while you're talking to somebody yeah, and give the right, game away. <laughs> but yes, be, being relaxed that. is very I've important. Actually, oh, sorry. I actually have had that happen when I've done some mystery shopping. I'll, I'll put the phone up to my ear and pretend like I'm talking when I'm observing something, and then the phone rings. I'll tell you something funny. Sometimes I've been out um, you know, for, for my day job um, recording. I was waiting for someone to come along and buy... Um, I was in a toy show waiting for them to buy this particular toy so that I could interview them about it. And you're hanging around. I felt like a store detective because I couldn't. I was <laughs> trying to look at the toy. So, well, I've been looking at this for about 10 minutes. <laughs> I move around. <laughs> but, yes, it's, it's one of those things. I do have, I do have scripts, but it's, it's one of these things. Um, it, it takes a while to be comfortable to read something and not sound as though you're reading. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've, I've had, I've been in broadcasting for over ten years, so it's, it's a learnt skill and it takes time. So, having just notes in front of you, as Brenda says, and just, you know, keeping it as natural as possible, because you want your, your personality to come out if, if, if you can. Although I, you know, as I've already said, I'm not so fast on my personality coming out. <laughs> I, I don't care about that, but. Um, Trying to sound sound as natural as you can just sort of adds to the experience, and it, it it will take a bit of time to be you know to be comfortable with that. It's it's not going to happen straight away. Yeah, but you Practice. can do right. it. Yeah, I guess the thing too when I speak naturally when I'm doing my shows because usually I try to do that at the beginning when I'm talking a little bit about what I'm up to. Mm. I say um and and uh. You a can lot. cut that out. I've you can got, edit it I've out. Gotten, well, I, well, the problem with that is. One, it gets tedious, but the other, because I say it a lot, and the other thing is that sometimes it's so close to the next word that it sounds bad. What, you know, the recording kind of jumps. Oh, the edits. You've cut the, you've yeah. cut the sound right. off. Yeah, well, well in, uh, I, I use Nero Wave Editor for editing, and with that you can really sort of magnify, so you can really go in there. Um, I've forgotten what you use for editing. Did you say you use Audacity? I just use Audacity, right? Yeah, I, I didn't find that so good for very fine edits, but Nero Wave Editor, which comes as part of the Nero CD burning software, which is PC only, I'm, I'm so anyone using a Mac can't, can't use that, which is a pain. But you can really sort of magnify, you can go in, you can do quite fine edits. So it oh, then it doesn't... No. Hmm? That's good to know because yeah. I typically will say especially on this last podcast, I don't know how many ums and ands I edited out. And I was actually surprised when I went back and listened to it how often I, I said that. And because I had gotten an email from someone, you know, saying that I said that quite a bit, I tried to edit it out. And uh, it got kind of tedious after a while. Yeah. Hey, well, Rhonda, well, thanks very much. You're welcome. And uh, I've got one more person to try and squeeze in. We've already recorded over an hour. You're listening to the special anniversary edition of Nickcast. One of the newer podcasters is Whit Larson, who hosts About Time. Welcome to the program, Whit. 
Thank you so much for having me, Marie. And we've already been castigating you for not having any breakfast this morning. That's right. <laughs> what, what is it that attracted you into podcasting? I mean, had, had you been listening to other podcasts? I had, actually. Um, my husband actually started listening to podcasts some time ago and, and reading the blogs. But it took knitting, of course, to get me to join the club. And as soon as I saw the knitting blogs and the knitting podcasts, I thought, now that's a party. I want to be part of that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. So how long have you been knitting for? Knitting, I've been knitting for about 20 years. Oh, right. Wow. I'm definitely in your shadow then with my uh, coming up to five years. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So you you were listening to podcasting. You thought you've got to do something about knitting. What kind of equipment do you use? Oh, my podcast equipment is is pretty awful, I guess. I'm improving it as we speak, but a friend has actually loaned me um, some equipment that I think is quite a bit better. But just, um, I finally got one of the nice headset mics rather than my old hold-in-my-hand type of mic, which was kind of a pain. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, makes it a lot easier, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, and good software. I have had good software from the beginning, which which is huge. And what are you well, using? Um, I actually use Total Recorder for my recording, and then my brother does a lot of the mixing, and he uses Adobe software for that. Wow. That's the first person we've spoken to who doesn't use Audacity. Yeah. What does he uh, use? What uh, Adobe software does he use? Adobe Audition. Right. So he mixes it for you. and He does. He loves that part. <laughs> yeah. What's the sort of uh, the long-term plan for your podcast? What, what have you got sort of... Uh, coming up in the future? Well, right now I've got planned, um, I have an interview that'll be airing um, probably before this airs, actually, (laughs) with Tina Marin. Um, She was recently on Knitty Gritty, a knitting show on the Do-It-Yourself Network. In the United States. She has designed these very funky boots that are just (laughs) really interesting knit boots, and I was just really intrigued by that, so... So that, that's, well, that's for the person who wants to uh, knit their wardrobe from, uh, well, from the boots up, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the appeal is. I, I, I don't know if it's because I love shoes, which I do, or because I love knitting. I, I, can't, I don't even know if I'll ever wear them. I just like the concept of knit boots. Were, were they easy to knit? I haven't actually started them, and I'm, and I'm actually contemplating doing them crochet instead of knit. Although with the knit, it's very fascinating because you actually drill holes into a shoe and then you kind of cast on on all these double-pointed needles all the way around the shoe. It's pretty pretty interesting. And how are you going to be interviewing her? What, what, uh, are you going to be using special equipment or software to record that? Yes, and actually I, I've been playing around with the, with, the, with the equipment this week, getting to know it, and it's it's a piece of equipment called a call recorder that goes kind of between the phone and the computer, and it, it records quite well. And was that, was that expensive to get? Um, actually, I'm not sure the cost. My husband is a computer programmer, <laughs> right. <laughs> and he works for a company, and they have all this great equipment. So. Oh, I see. So you've got it that way. Right. Yes. <laughs> what kind of a feedback have you been getting? You know, I'm really surprised. I sort of just did this. I mean, it's a hobby. I'm a hobbyist. And I've just been really pleased, you know, people all over the world sending emails. It's it's kind of an exciting, it just makes me feel like 
we really are all connected through this hobby that we have, and it's, it's a neat feeling. I love it. Good feedback. I know. It's, it's amazing when, when you get those emails from, you know, from various parts of the world. People say, oh, I'm in Stockholm or you know, right. I'm in uh, North Carolina or somewhere. And I a know lot of that. the email that I get, um, one of the things that the themes that keeps recurring, people mention that they're, they feel very isolated in their craft, that they, they're the lone knitter of the family or they're the only person among their friends that knits and they don't connect with any other knitters. And it's just really nice to hear somebody speaking that language, saying the knitting terms out loud where everyone can hear. It, it's like a connection for them that they don't get from, from anything else, and they're really, really grateful for it. Someone wrote to me and said she'll listen to the interviews and she'll pretend as though it's me just talking to her, Yeah, as if I've called her up. Yeah, and I've got um, one, one listener wrote in and said that she has a ritual before she listens to the show, and she told me about all the things that she gathers around her, and she makes herself a <laughs> cup of hot cocoa, and, and that um, she, has a, she has me on her iPod, and she stands and she does drop spindling while she's listening. And just the image of somebody with their iPod all plugged in, and the first thing I thought of was those iPod commercials, you know, with the black silhouettes <laughs> yes. and the white. Yes. I wanted to see one with a woman, like, drop spindling in silhouette with the white iPod going up to her ears. Well, it's so old and new, you know, this time exactly. together of the old and new. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, and people are always surprised when you, well, non-knitters, I should say, non-knitters are always surprised because they think of, you know, podcasting, it's, it's so, you know, it's, it's so modern, it's using technology, and yet they think of knitting sometimes as being a bit old-fashioned. I find that attitude so patronizing. It just makes me crazy. <laughs> well, this is the problem, you see. They're, they're out of touch with how we, we are. We have to challenge that perspective. Collectively, yeah. as podcasters, as knitters, as crafters, we have to challenge that oh, perspective. Oh, come on. You know it's the new yoga. Oh, <laughs> shut oh, up. <laughs> I have a confession to make. I was once writing a, um, I'd set up a knitting item for a radio program. And I was thinking, what can I put in this? And I thought, I really don't want to use it. But I did. I put knitting yoga oh, there. But better. they loved it. They, they yeah. loved it. The non-knitters loved it. Yeah, of course they did. And were. I thought, oh, Lord. But, you know. <laughs> See, the problem is... That was your dirty secret and you yes, just shared it with us. My Thank very you. Dirty Do you feel secret. better now? Yes. Getting that off your chest? You feel I a lot better? I still feel very guilty about it. <laughs> very guilty. Because it's, I don't know, I never, I never get this whole relaxing over your knitting thing because I'm always keeping my eyes on what I'm doing. Yeah. Unless it's a sock. I love socks because you just go round and around. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's sort of like the, the knitting equivalent to having a bar of chocolate or something. Yeah. It's a real treat knitting. Although people, you get this whole, why are you knitting socks? And the whole sort of... You do know you can buy socks, you know, someone said to me. And it's the so, answer to that is, have you ever worn a hand-knit sock? Exactly. Of course you haven't. If you haven't, yeah. then, you know, if you had, you wouldn't be asking me that question. If you hadn't, well, I feel yeah. really sorry for you because <laughs> they're great. Oh, well, I love the sock knitting. but So I can sort of tune out a bit when I do that. Well, recently uh, going up to uh, my other halves for Christmas, it was a five-hour drive. And it's, you know, it's getting quite dark, so you can't see your knitting. But I'm still able to knit that sock yeah. in the dark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I can't really sort of chill out too much in knitting. So I, I don't think it is the new yoga. My, mind you, they keep saying crochet is a new knitting, don't they, now? <laughs> and that's so ridiculous. <laughs> well, I just think it's great that... Um, you know, more people are picking up the torch and, and putting out knitting podcasts. I think there's room in the market for lots, lots yeah. more. It's free knitting content. 
the people, you know, that's the big thing. And um, I just think it's great that you started one up with. I'm really, really happy about that. I am. Thank I you. Well, I, I want yeah. more, too, because I love to listen to them. Mm. So the more, the better. Yeah, that's how I feel. Do you know, I find there now I have got time to listen to them all, <laughs> which is <laughs> terrible. So I try and squeeze them in when I can because I, I like to have... Um, I like to have clear a time so I can really listen. Yeah. You know, I like to have a clear time, like we talk about having our rituals, because I, I like to pay attention to them. But I think, yeah, I think definitely there's more, there's lots of room for more knitting podcasts. And we can, you know, I think there is becoming a real explosion. Like people were always amazed at the uh, the explosion in knitting blogs. And this is the next, this is one of the next things that people can do. I think and, it is. It's yeah. just one, it's taking technology and using it yeah. um, just one more step that's all we're you know that's all so, we're doing so if any of our listeners all of our listeners are listening here and are thinking of doing one definitely go out to do it do a podcast and send us a promo and we'll play them yeah. we like promos from people absolutely and yeah. uh, and remember to uh, to vote for everyone a podcast alley yeah that's a good thing that's yeah. a, my goal here is to see Podcast Alley, when you come up with the search and, you know, you get the top podcast, the first page is like the top 50. And I would love to see all of the knitting and crafting and making podcasts, mm. everything that, you know, all the podcasts about making, I want to see them all in the top 50. And that's when I feel like people will stop patronizing us. Yes. Stop like patting Twitch us on podcast. the head. Yes. Stop patting us on the head and, you know, <laughs> and start taking us seriously as yeah. makers, as crafters, as artisans, as, you know. I don't know. Creation cat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is an important creative pursuit, which people should respect, because it takes, we all know how much time it takes to knit a sweater. Yeah. And how good it feels to wear something that you've made and have mm. that connection that it you made it. It starts from a string. It amazes me yeah. every time. I know. It's like magic, isn't it? It is. It is. And on that note, hopefully, this time next year, I'll be recording another one. And hey, maybe one day I'll have a... A lovely little studio like this in my own home. That's what I aspire <laughs> to. I don't have the cash for it yet, but one day. <laughs> Wouldn't it be lovely if on our fifth anniversary we could all be in the same room together? Wouldn't Absolutely. that be cool? I think that would be great. Mind right. you, how many knitting podcasts are there going to be in five years' time? Hundreds. Um, We're going to have thousands. To... We'll have our own convention. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we could do that though. Knitting podcast convention. Yeah. And it will be done. Well, thank you so much to Wit. To Brenda, to Rhonda, to Danielle, to Caroline, to all my wonderful guests, and to you listening at home, listening on your iPods, listening on your computers, listening at Knitting Guilds. And, and I did have uh, an email from someone who wondered if uh, they could have the permission to burn podcasts to CD. I'm sure none of us would mind if you Absolutely. burn to CD. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spread the word. Get them Spread out the there. Word. Listen to us at your Knitting Guilds at everywhere, the yarn store, whatever. And thanks very much for listening. So I'm Maria Urshad, and that was Nickcast. Thanks for listening. Happy birthday to you. Hi, Marie. Brenda from Cast On here, wishing you the very best of all possible podcasting birthdays. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary, and best wishes from Cast On.